Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line as we welcome in our VEASAN and DraftKings audience. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. On tap this hour, where things stand for Vegas and Green Bay following last night's actions. We wrap up week five in the NFL. Michael also has his list of which teams can win a Super Bowl in 2023. Plus in 30 minutes, we'll have VEASAN's own Aaron Moore stop by, drop some college football knowledge like he does every Tuesday. A great weekend of games and some potential Pac-12 carnage, the start of that maybe with some big games in the it's the final year of the league, Michael. And it's so good. And it just breaks my heart that this league isn't going to exist anymore. But uh, good good it, games this weekend. I'm excited. Good games last weekend. I mean, SC was challenged. I don't know how good SC is. I'm going to go on the record here. Like They're not very physical. Like I don't know if you can win. I mean, I really truly believe Lincoln Riley is the Mike D'Antonio of college football. You know, I'm going to score. I'm just going to outscore you, but I'm never playing any defense because it was bad. They had a chance to lose that game. They should have lost the game. Arizona had more than enough time. They had a couple penalties, a couple costly mistakes that killed them. Eight first downs in that game by penalty. So it'll be interesting what Notre Dame does, another yeah. fraudulent team. There goes my Sam Hartman ticket. I was loving him <laughs> for the Heisman. That went right out the window. Well, Michael, you know, while I mean, we both had Sam Hartman, we also both had Michael Penix Jr., and that one's looking pretty good right now. That is good, looking good, too. Although my man my man Femi has Bo Nix. I told him that was a St. Jude's pick <laughs> then. I stand by that today. It's a St. Jude's pick. Those kids need it more than the book does, so give it to them. And, uh, you know, we'll move forward. But, yeah, it's so good. College football is good. I don't know. I don't know who's really the best team in college football. Obviously, Georgia destroying Kentucky makes a statement, but I don't know who are the other three. And I think that's a great question that will. Oh, no, Michigan is one of the three. I'm sorry. Michigan certainly up there, but it's hard to tell for sure, given the schedule that they've played to this point. So I think that's a good question. We'll make sure we'll get into that with Aaron Moore in a little bit. But Michael, let's start for us here. Going Mm -hmm. back to Monday Night Football last night, the Raiders go ahead and get that win. 17-13 cover any number anybody had. The total stays under. What were some of your just biggest takeaways from what you saw last night for Green Bay and Vegas? 
Well, I, I think let's start with Vegas. That that since the second half of the Charger game until the completion of that game, that's the best they've played defense for six quarters. You know, they played good in the opening game. They got destroyed by Buffalo. They played a bend but don't break defense. But this was the first time they were able to get their hands on some footballs, courtesy of Jordan Love. I thought it also was a game where two head coaches didn't trust their quarterbacks. How could they? You know, we see Jimmy Garoppolo going into the game. As much as he's won, he's turned the ball over this year, six turnovers. So I think they got to the point where we don't want to make a mistake. We don't want to give this game. We've been giving games away, and we got to avoid that. So I think McDaniels was conservative. I know LaFleur was conservative because you could just see it from the beginning of the game. He was on any third and long situation. He was not going to put it, put the ball at, in risk. And yet at the end of the day, it was at risk three times, three interceptions, two by Robert Spillane. So I think the big factor of this game, if you're a Green Bay fan, is you really missed Aaron Jones. They had a whole game plan for Jones. He couldn't go. It was a game-time decision, and I think that really affected them. I mean, when they had to make the activation for Patrick Taylor earlier in the day, you knew Jones wasn't going to play. They activated Taylor off their practice squad. You knew that. And so – Love is going to be a work in progress. Mama, there's going to be days like these, right? I mean, that's, you know, you know it. He hadn't played enough. And unfortunately, after you take the one big pass out, the 77-yarder, he averaged under four yards per complete per attempt. He, I understand, is a first-year starter in the NFL, but he's not a rookie. So I anticipated, given what he has learned the last couple of years behind Aaron Rodgers, that maybe he would start a little bit stronger, like we saw in the first two games of the season. But now we look at who those results were against, and you beat the Chicago Bears in that fashion, and then we see what the Bears have become. Although, head-to-head, if those two teams played today, I think that the Bears would probably win that game, right? But you look at Love's first two games, six touchdowns, no picks, a 119 passer rating. The next three, two touchdowns, six interceptions, a 57-7 passer rating. The team points per game also down from 31 points per game to just 17. So they need to start getting things figured out a little bit. And to your point, not having Brown out there on the field last night, significant. For, for me, Michael, a couple of my takeaways just from a betting perspective are when you're looking at the Raiders, Let's start looking at unders four and one to the under. They have not scored more than 18 points yet this season. And from the green Bay standpoint, let's fade this team in the first half because they continue to be slow starting three games. Now, Michael, they have been outscored 54 to six in the first half. Yeah, they don't start slow, but I, I think Aaron, it shows you last night showed you how important Jones, Aaron yeah, Jones, I think I said is Brown, Jones. Yes. That's what I mean. Aaron Jones is to their offense. Cause when they had him against Chicago, they looked different offensively. You know, I think that that really spells it out. As for the Raiders, they're in this period where they're both trying to fit. What is the best offense to run for Garoppolo? They've got a lot of skill players. I mean, look, we saw Jacoby Myers really play well. We know Devontae Adams is going to play well. And they have Michael Mayer in there. And we know Josh Jacobs, they need to get the run game going, too. So I agree. The one thing about the Raiders, they're going to they're going to the clock is going to run because they're going to mix in the run as much as possible. Even if it's not successful, it helps their defense. It slows them down. I think the Raiders defense will play well when they play against a, a lesser quarterback. I think when they go against the Mahomes, I think that's when it gets some problems. But I say that. They had every chance in that Charger game in Los Angeles two a week ago, two weeks ago, and they weren't able to close the deal. This game, the Raiders, since Josh McDaniels has been there, they've struggled to win close games. 
This game, they won the fourth quarter. They won. They had the ball for 825 in the fourth. They ran 21 plays. They got five first downs. They created a three and out, and they had two interceptions. They won the fourth quarter, and those interceptions, again, like this is a team that through the first handful of games of the season only had one takeaway. They have three in this game. To your point, getting hands on the football makes such a big difference. And if if our guy Jimmy Garoppolo can just take care of the football, I think there's yeah. a lot of reason for optimism for the Raiders, especially in this next handful of games. And I know in hour one we talked about this is not a team that can count wins, and it's just, yeah. it's just not that way. But you look at next week, hosting the New England Patriots, a team that, of course, Josh McDaniel knows very, very well. But then at Chicago, um, we'll ignore the Detroit game for a second because then they have the Giants and the Jets. So some teams that can be had, some opportunity if the Raiders can carry on some of this momentum and build on, especially what they've done defensively, maybe they could be in a position to be better. Get the ball in Devontae Adams' hands. Like do, do a lot of the little things that they haven't been to this point. Well, not turn it over. It's not beating themselves, right? That's what they've done. Even in the Denver game, they threw a red zone interception. So, yeah, I think they, they certainly can build some momentum, and they've got to build some consistency as they move forward. There's no question about that. But they are better on defense. They have improved defensively. And when they when they have an opportunity to to make plays in the red zone, they they held in there. I mean, they were able to stop the run game in the red zone, which I think really helped them. So one thing about the Raiders, though, unfortunately last night it didn't pan out, but Carlson is such a reliable kicker in field goals, and their punter Cole is outstanding. And so they're able to control special teams with two specialists that are usually very, very good. Yeah, we don't need to to rehash it because we did discuss it at length in in the opening hour. But the decision to go for that field goal instead of the fourth and one, you have so much faith in Daniel Carlson in that moment, and it just doesn't pan out for your team. Um, we talked about a lot of injuries as well, most notably, of course, Justin Jefferson, the star wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, being placed on injured reserve. He's going to miss the next four games dealing with a hamstring injury. Devon Achan of the Miami Dolphins, potentially a candidate for injured reserve himself dealing with an injury but one we didn't get to Jets offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker Michael done for the season with an Achilles injury second year in a row that he has suffered a season ending injury against Denver Uh, had the triceps last year but with the offensive line issues that this Jets team is already having how impactful and significant is this especially for what seemed to be some reason for optimism offensively the last two weeks Well, it puts them in a really tough spot, right? Because they moved Tucker out to right tackle and they put their second round pick Tipman in its center, in a guard who's typically a center. So now will they move Billy Turner over to right tackle? And look, their left tackle situation is not really secure right now with Becton. He was on the ground. He got hurt. So look, against Denver, you can get away with it. Not really. I mean, Denver put some pressure on them. Wilson fumbled the ball in the pocket. This is not that this line played out outstanding against Kansas City, but it didn't play that well against against the the Broncos in terms of protection. Bryce Hall, Brees Hall made some incredible runs and that's how they got to win. Look, they've won two games. And what's common about their two wins? Brees Hall won, ran the ball effectively. I think their issue is defensively. Can they stop the run? Are they going to be good enough? We know Sauce Gardner left the game with a high with an ankle. Whether he practices or not, DJ Reed was in the concussion protocol. Whether he comes back, but to me, they will be challenged this week in terms of handling this uh, the Philadelphia run game, which 
To me, last week, Stormy, Philly finally looked like the 0-2 Eagles. They ran the football effectively. They controlled the clock. They converted third downs. They beat up their opponent. And that game against the Rams wasn't as close as the score indicated. And while the Eagles, I know, haven't been as dominant up front as we're accustomed to seeing a real opportunity to take advantage of this Jets front. And uh, and I just I hate it for Zach Wilson because you're finally seeing that instead of having moments where he's costing his team games like last year, there were so many instances where he was just a net negative for the team early this season as well in games. But the last two, he hasn't looked as overwhelmed, still made mistakes, but wasn't so dear in the headlights was playing better, at least in my opinion. And now you have something like this happen that just takes that air out of your sails again, takes away a little bit of the confidence. So that's one game that we'll certainly keep an eye on the number. But as for the Eagles, a team that I imagine, Michael, you've you as a contender we're going to talk through who you think could win a super bowl in 2023 next there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you and when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all of the action. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NHL betting guide featuring previews for all 32 teams, futures bets, award picks, and season-long props, first-period betting strategies, Steve Mackinnon's power ratings, plus best bet articles five days a week now that the season is underway. This guide is a must-have, and it's got key insights and data. Whether you are an avid hockey better or somebody just getting introduced new to the sport, give yourself an edge this season by getting the VSEN and NHL betting guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. The Vegas Golden Knights beginning their title defense tonight against the Seattle Kraken here in Vegas. Should be a, a fun one for sure. Vegas, a minus 170 favorite in that game for Inquiring Minds. They were out there yesterday cheering on the Raiders. Maybe that's what maybe that's what really helped the Raiders, Michael, is that they had that, that championship yeah, juju that in the air. 
Yeah, they had that vibe. I mean, you can't be, you know, anytime you get champions in the house, you got to yeah. love it. I mean, this one thing about these Raider games, they look like mini Super Bowls. They got stars everywhere. Isn't it amazing? It's awesome. Yeah, it, it was cool to see the cup in Allegiant Stadium, though, I will say. And granted, I'm a little biased. I'm a hockey girl here. But speaking of champions, there are a number of teams, Michael, that you have identified as potential Super Bowl winners in 2023. And before we get straight to your list, um, there is an article out right now at vcin.com you put together kind of breaking all of these down. But how many teams realistically do you feel could win a Super Bowl based on what you've seen through this five week sample? Well, I, I, that's the genesis of the column, right? I, I kind of sat there and thought, okay, who's who's really eliminated? Who who do we think doesn't really have a chance? Like, there, there's teams that are competing for playoffs, but what team has the makings of a of a Super Bowl contender? And you know, I, I went through it, and I think I came up with five. I my whole premise of the column too was, I think we've overrated the AFC. I know I have. I don't know about anybody else, but I have. I thought there were a lot of really good teams in the AFC, but I think there are just a lot of good teams. Strike really. I think they're good teams. Like, I think Baltimore is a good team. Do I think they have the makings of a Super Bowl team? I don't think so. They're going to have to do a couple things to fix their team. Same thing with Jacksonville. Obviously, Pittsburgh. Buffalo, the two injuries. I would have said they're the class of the AFC. But those injuries make me worry. And then Kansas City. I mean, nobody talks about Kansas City offensively, how much they have struggled. Yeah, and uncharacteristically seeing their quarterback and the reigning MVP and Patrick Mahomes with some unacceptable, in most of our opinions, interceptions, the way that the ball is just floated into the other team's hands in a number of instances. But okay, so let's get to the top five that you have. And I, I like this because it's so different from what we do every week when we do Lombardi's list and we talk about your top five and bottom five power rated teams in the NFL because those are based exclusively on numbers and exclusively on the set of statistics and analysis that you have together. This is that mixed with the eye test and what you're feeling and your opinion. So obviously we have the San Francisco 49ers on there who have been the class of the NFL to this point, one of just two undefeated teams, along with the Eagles who are also undefeated, the Lions, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So despite the Chiefs issues, you still view them as a team that can win a Super Bowl. Because they're the champion. And, you, you know, they have this ability to win games that you don't think they should win. Last week was a perfect example. You know, they won the, the Jacksonville game 17-9. Look, this defense is elite. This is the best defense they've had since Andy Reid's been there. With Chris Jones inside, they can cover Spagnola's scheme. I think there's five. I, I would argue there's, you know, I don't see anybody else. Mm. Who else from the AFC? You know, let me hear your take. Who else from the AFC would you put in there right now after five weeks saying, okay, that team has the makings of a Super Bowl team? So I Am know, I missing somebody? I know we talked about it a lot already on the show about the defensive issues for the Miami Dolphins, but I think because of what they do and the power and the speed and the output that they do offensively, it's hard not to include them in that conversation in the AFC. And also, Michael, another team I just want to get your two cents on because I know it's a tricky subject based on what we have physically seen with our own eyes to this point, but... Would it be foolish to ignore the Cincinnati Bengals, given what we've seen 
the last couple times that they have started slow and then they end up making a run late in the season, AFC championship appearances. I know it has not looked good, but Joe Burrow taking steps in the positive direction from a health standpoint, would, would we be foolish to not think of them as a team that could be there at the end of the year? Yeah, you know, I asked myself that question this morning and, and, I, and the conclusion I came to was I don't think they're as good as they need to be on defense. Like, even that game was hard for the as well as they played offensively, it was hard for them to put that game away. It was really hard to put that game away. And I was on Cincinnati in the game, and I thought once they got up 10 to nothing, they were down 14 to 10. And Burrow played like we're used to Burrow, play, Burrow playing, not to the level but much better than mm-hmm. we've seen them. I just don't know if they're good enough on defense. See, for me, I, I start with defense to get to the Super Bowl. You're not going to the Super Bowl trying to outscore people. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to see it this weekend. Wind, weather, mm-hmm. it all plays a factor. you got to stop people. Maybe Miami can get better defensively. I have full faith in Vic Fangio's schemes. I know he's a really good coach, but right now you, there's no evidence on statistical data that says they will. Another team in your top five that I feel like I want to bring a little more attention to is the Detroit Lions, especially because we both, I think this preseason, talked about is the hype train warranted? Is this a little bit too much? Yeah, they played well at the end of the season, but who is this team really? And I mean, everything that we have seen to this point, I would say has been it's been really impressive. And even the one loss is to a Seattle team that I don't think anybody looks at and says they suck. So I've liked what what I've seen from the Lions in just about every facet to this point. And the way that Jared Goff has kind of had a little career resurgence there in Detroit. Yeah. And the one loss that they had to that was an overtime loss. Right. So they lose an overtime and didn't get the ball, you know, and so they didn't even get the ball in overtime. I was always reluctant about their defense. But when I watch Benito Jones, I watch McNeil, I watch this Bugs kid play, you know, and then you watch Harris and you watch Hutchinson, who's been outstanding. And I think the addition of Jack Campbell gives them more speed. Look, their secondary is not elite, but I do think Sutton's mate played really well for them, you know, and, and they're improving in the back. But this front's tough to block mm-hmm. and they play in a dome, which that crowd noise helps. But this offense is really tough to stop. I mean, last week, they put 42 on the board, and they don't have Gibbs, and they don't have St. Brown. Yep. And because their line's so good, and Laporte, they've used him so well, I just think they're for real. I really think they're for real. And they play with a sense of toughness. You know, I, as I wrote in the column, I was not a big believer in b- busting uh, kneecaps. I thought it was too <laughs> high schoolish. But I think there's more intellectual capacity to the Lions than I obviously with Ben Johnson running it. I think Aaron Glenn's done a great job of fixing the defense, playing with physicality and creating turnovers. Yeah, Ben Ben Johnson probably going to be in line for a head coaching job if this season keeps going as good as it has to this point. So might Aaron Jones be the way that excuse me, Aaron Glenn, the way that, that they've improved defensively. I mean, he has really improved the defense. And they're doing it up front. Look, they get Benito Jones off the waiver wire. They get Bugs off the waiver wire. I mean, McNeil they draft in the third round. But, I mean, he's doing it with with guys that were available to any other team.
An update on that Amon Ross St. Brown injury. Dan Campbell said yesterday he's got a pretty good chance to play week six against the Bucks. Quote, it's certainly more than questionable. I think it's closer to probable at this point, but we'll see how this week goes. Um, and I don't want you to laugh me out of the building, but speaking of the Bucks, they are the NFC South leaders right now. They're probably going to win the division, probably going to get a spot in the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Do we need to talk about Tampa a little bit? Maybe. I mean, look, you know, we need to talk about them because when I ran my power rankings this week, they were they're strong. I mean, this morning, very early, I'm like, no, are you kidding me? I mean, they're they're good. Their numbers are outstanding. And Mayfield has done a really good job of avoiding contact, getting out of trouble, making plays. He's thrown the ball more accurately this year than he ever did last year. Uh I don't know if they can sustain this because the one thing that always bothers me when they played a good team in Philly, they, they were not in that game. Yep. Something to keep an eye on. Certainly three and one straight up and ATS to this point, but Baker Mayfield, who we made all the jokes about being the successor to Tom Brady, has actually been pretty good. Three and one start, not too shabby for what we've seen. They do have to come out of the bye week, though, against this Lions team that has been very, very good, as we just referenced. We're going to take a break, but turning the attention from the NFL to college football when we return on the Lombardi line, VEASAN's own Aaron Moore is going to join us, give out some of his favorite plays. And big picture, since we just talked about who could contend for a Super Bowl. Let's revisit that conversation with college football. Who is the best team in college football right now? Who has the best opportunity to win a natty? We'll break it all down in a moment. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, 200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay any day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We got some big games coming up in college football this weekend, especially in the Pac-12. We've got some some top 10 ranked on ranked crime upon us. And we, we know that it's like the inevitability of the Pac-12 is they end up beating each other up. But could there be one that finally raises above the rest? I'm very curious, Michael, your opinion, as well as our next guest, Aaron Moore, who joins us now as he does every week here on the Lombardi line, VEASAN writer and sports media professor at Pub Relation Prof on X. But so we got some big games this weekend, Aaron. And we also have big questions about college football in general right now. Like who is the best team in college football? Who has the best opportunity to win a national championship right now in your mind? Well, Stormy, thanks for having me. That's an interesting question. Who's the best team? Who has the best chance to win? I think those are two different things. I'm still going to say Georgia has the best chance to win because of their season, because of the SEC, because of the road they have to the Final Four. I think they have the best chance. They still have the lowest odds, even though they haven't been playing well. Now, who's the best team? Is it Michigan? Boy, it sure looks like Michigan, but they haven't been tested. So at this point, I don't know if we can say who the best team is, but we can say Georgia and Michigan. They have the inside track to the final four. 
You know, I was struck by P.J. Flick's comments after he got beat by Michigan soundly. He said that's the best team in his career, in his last 15 years as a head coach that he's played against. Uh, did you get the same sense that that this is that was sincere? I did. Yeah, I would have to imagine there's a certain sincerity of that, Michael. They're in the same conference. There's a respect for each other. Michigan has a running game. Michigan has a defense. Michigan has a quarterback. What else do you want for them other than they just really haven't played a team that we can say, okay, they beat this team. Yeah, they beat Minnesota. Okay, let's move on. But what Michigan hasn't done in terms of looking at a futures market or a stormy asked who's the best team, they just haven't played a team that has given them the ability to say, hey, we beat blank. Now we're the best team in the country. And that's why all eyes, as they are, it seems, every year lately, are going to be on that end-of-the-season matchup with Ohio State. Ohio State, by the way, 9-1, to the fourth shortest shot on the odds board. Florida State just a tick above them. And then there's Washington and, and a few Pac-12 teams that are potentially in the mix here. And we have Washington and Oregon, 7-8, going head-to-head this weekend. Both teams coming off a bye, both undefeated, with quarterbacks that are in that Heisman conversation. How much, as you look at this this um, this game coming up, would a win do for either of these guys in the Heisman race? Well, I think Stormy, who wins it, probably uh, if it's Michael Penix, if Washington wins it, he's going to keep that spot right now above Caleb Williams. If he loses, if Penix loses, he's still in the mix, but boy, he's probably about the fifth or sixth spot. Now, Bo Nix, if Oregon wins this, he's probably going to challenge even more for Caleb Williams, but I still think he would give it to Caleb Williams. So this idea that we have two 5-0 and o teams playing each other. Somebody is going to stay atop the Pac-12. Somebody is going to see their playoff chances get diminished greatly. And it's the same thing with the, the Heisman market as well. This game really intersects a lot of college football futures that we can say this team who wins is going to move forward in the Pac-12. And they look like they can get a spot in the final four, the college football. And whoever wins is going to have a quarterback that's going to be probably competing against a fellow conference foe in Caleb Williams for that Heisman down the road. Uh, uh, Aaron, we just saw SC kind of went to triple overtime against Arizona. Didn't play their best game. Notre Dame gets beat by, you know, Louisville. Everybody said Louisville was a paper tiger. I think Notre Dame would argue with that. So Notre Dame minus two and a half against USC. I think that line's a little light, don't you? Uh, Michael, this is something I think that when we handicap, we have to look at our numbers. We have to look at the teams. We have to look at the situation. And then we have to look at what Vegas is telling us. And I am really concerned about this because Notre Dame is the most public football team there is. They're the Dallas Cowboys of college. So most people are going to be in that public market are probably going to bet on Notre Dame. Notre Dame has everything going in their favor other than losing to Louisville last week. USC is traveling halfway across the country. USC has given up 40 points in three consecutive games. Lincoln Riley's defense shows no signs of improving. So they go to South Bend. Notre Dame's going to be upset after that loss. This should be a Notre Dame win, correct? This is, I think, the angle most people are taking. But why is it only a two and a half point spread? So basically, those books are telling you, you can get this public team to win by less than a field goal. That scares me. I think Vegas is telling us something that the handicap isn't. And for that reason, I think you have to be very leery 
on betting Notre Dame. And I think you have to be very le leery betting on SC because, uh, as you said earlier, Michael, you can't keep winning shootouts. Eventually, an offensive shootout is not going to go your way, and you're going to give up one more point than you needed to, and then you're going to lose. Yeah, this is one of those games where you might be better off just sitting back and watching or live betting or just, you know, closing your eyes and betting it over, <laughs> knowing how many points that SC has scored on a week-in, week-out basis and how many they've given up. Given up 110 points the last three games to the likes of ASU, Colorado, and Arizona. Not a good look for a Trojans team that's trying to contend for a Pac-12 title. But I think both of those teams last week probably looking ahead a little bit to this spot. And, and Notre Dame had two really tough weeks with close down to the wire games against Ohio state and Duke. So the letdown wasn't too big of a surprise. I think last week at Louisville, but I don't think anybody expected Louisville to get out of the gates with the six and zero start and success that they have had. So a lot of credit to Jeff Brom there, Aaron, when you look at this weekend slate though, uh, we like to talk of course about these big top 25 top 10 matchups, but there's a lot of money and good bets to be made on some of those lower level games as well. Do you have a favorite bet or favorite game that you're targeting this weekend? I am stormy and Pac-12 money winners pay the same as uh, Mountain West winners yeah. do. So it's one <laughs> of the ways to look at it. One of the games I'm looking at a little bit off the radar in, in the shadow of the Pac-12 is BYU is at TCU and BYU is getting five points. The Cougars are four and one already this season. I think that's been pretty much a surprise. No one really thought they would uh, get that far in their first Big 12 season. They're heading to TCU. They had the week off. TCU is certainly not the same team as they were last year. TCU has concerns about who's going to play quarterback for them. They're coming off a road loss to Iowa State, and then they lost at home to West Virginia. That certainly isn't something they would expect. So I think TCU is getting a little too much respect here for the TCU of last year. And BYU moving to the Big 12 has really had a good transition. So uh, you can get five points. And I would also look at that money line in, in the case of BYU. How about Houston and and the West Virginia Mountaineers? Dana Hoverson going back home uh, where he once coached. He takes his Houston to Cougars in there. And I think Neil Allen's done a really good job. He seems like he saved his job. What are your thoughts, Aaron? In West Virginia, Michael, I think is one of the bigger surprises this season. I, I had them pegged for a two or three win season. So they've certainly surpassed that. But I think there's, once again, a little too much respect here. And I like the team getting the points. And I like Houston. They have played. Here's an interesting stat for you with Houston. Every game this season, they have played in the state of Texas. So travel hasn't been an issue. And this is one of the games early on handicapping the Big 12 that I was looking at. But I do have to say it was a little bit wrong with West Virginia. I didn't think they would be this uh, four and one record they are right now that we've been talking about the travel in the Big 12. And here's West Virginia, kind of an outlier there in Morgantown. So this travel to Houston, Houston having the ability to stay in Texas. And I think Houston has been competitive, kind of like um, we talked about BYU. They've been competitive in this new conference. And that might be surprising some betters and that might be surprising some of the books. Aaron, we're, we're getting close to a break here, but any other big takeaways from this past weekend in college football that we should take with us moving into week seven? 
Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway, Stormy, is if you had Missouri, did you bang your head against the wall <laughs> as many times as I did? And if you did bang oh, your yeah. head, then I think it's one of the things you have to learn about betting is or, or football in general. Uh, things are not going to go your way. You have to look at it. You have to have a certain subjectivity and you have to move on. And I think if you had Missouri last week, they looked like a winner. For 99.9% of that game, and then a bad, crazy decision at the end of the game costs you. But I think what you take away is you still have to be objective and look at the numbers and be ready to play the following week. Really, really awesome insight, Aaron. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, offensive line penalties galore, um, unsportsmanlike conducts, interceptions, and then, of course, the mistaken belief that you can beat LSU with field goals in the second half works against you as well with Missouri. We're going to take a step aside, wrapping things up on the Lombardi line in a moment. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out those betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And Michael and I are going to go through a couple of those betting splits in a moment some of the most highly bet in terms of handle and ticket counts on the games coming up for week six of the nfl but quickly i want to make sure we hit our pro tip of the hour michael we do these every single day here on the network and specifically on the lombardi line and this one pertains to our approach to this weekend's games regarding Weather. Weather is going to be a huge factor this weekend. You guys need to make sure you're checking the forecast for these games, especially on the East Coast, and and be ready to hedge off of something if you made an early bet that you don't like anymore. 
And don't be surprised when the unders start going down and you're yeah. wondering what the heck's going on. Like, don't be, you know, because it seems like we're getting a system on the entire East Coast from Chicago all the way to the Meadowlands. So you've got to be prepared for it. I don't think there's any escaping it unless you play indoors. Yeah, uh, VEASAN Pro Tips available at VEASAN.com, searchable by sport and by show. So if you want some tips specifically from Michael and our program, that's the best way to take a look. But one great example of that and the weather making an impact is a, a big game coming up this weekend between the San Francisco 49ers and Cleveland Browns. That game is in Cleveland, but we're expecting yeah. high mile an hour winds. It's going to be cold. There's going to be rain as well. And you've already got two defenses that we know are stout, what Jim Schwartz has done for Cleveland making that unit just really, really rock solid. They're one and two in the NFL in points allowed per game. San Francisco and Cleveland are that total already immediately bet down from 39 to now 37 and a half. When you put those factors into account. Yeah. And we know Purdy went to Iowa state. He's played in bad weather before, you know, one thing about playing in Iowa, there's his wind, you know, and you, and you've got to be able to adjust as a quarterback Quarterbacks, when they wake up in the morning on Sunday morning and they peek out their window, they were looking at wind. The, the rain they can deal with. Mm -hmm. The wind is the hard factor for them. And that's why this makes this, this set of games, in starting with the Thursday night game, Stormy, it's going to be 16-mile-an-hour winds. It's going to be warm in Kansas City, but it's going to be very windy. I think so that could be— So you've got to be really— yeah. I was just going to say that could be a pro tip in itself is that wind is going to have a significantly bigger impact than rain just throughout the course of whether it's a college football game or an NFL game. That's something that that betters need to keep an eye on. Right. And and so, the you know, like Purdy's very accurate with the ball. Watson, not so much. We saw Watson in the wind game and the rain game against Cleveland struggle. Right. He, he doesn't control the football. It's not a tight spiral all the time. He doesn't have command of his accuracy. Same thing that happens with Justin Fields. We saw that, that rain win game in the opener against San Francisco last year. Balls all over. You lose the football. Things start to slide. It's an equalizer to some teams. It's an advantage to others. Also to keep an eye on in this game specifically should go to the quarterback position because Kevin Stefanski, when asked yesterday about whether or not he was optimistic about Deshaun Watson returning to the field this, this week, didn't he declined to say I'm optimistic and instead said he's day to day and he's getting better. Of course, Watson did not play the last game. That was an unexpected late scratch. He then had this entire bye week to heal up, but dealing with the reported rotor rotator cuff injury, still TBD on his availability. And we saw a report from Cleveland beat writer, Brad Stainbrook reporting that if Watson can't play, it would actually be PJ Walker, according to his sources mm -hmm. that would start instead of Dorian Thompson Robinson, who we saw have a really, really rough rookie debut. Yeah. I mean, they, look, Walker's not perfect, but he started games in the NFL. And I think that gives him an advantage over the young player, you know, because it, it Dorian Thompson Robinson, it's going to be challenging for him to, you know, to go in there against this 49er defense because if they're going to everything's going to be speeded up, right? Everything's going to be in a hurry because when you play San Francisco, you go out there and you say, "Okay, I I can handle this." And then the speed of the game hits you between the eyes. And all of a sudden, they're way faster. And this goes for all the players. They're way faster than we thought they were from tape. And there takes a time to get used to that. And I I don't know if a young quarterback's ready for that. 
With that, we're continuing to see this line get bet up. 92% of the handle, 91% of bets on the San Francisco 49ers. I bet them here at Circa minus four and a half this morning before we got onto the air for the show. We're now seeing San Francisco minus five and a half at a bulk of books. And another game with big handle, the one you mentioned on Thursday night, 82% of the money and 82% of bets coming in on Kansas City, laying the double digit spread against the Broncos. And nobody's taken the 10 and a half, and yet it's stuck there, right? Everybody's betting Kansas City. Everybody's taking the 10 and a, laying the 10 and a half, but they're not moving the number. And you have to be careful when it comes to Denver. You know, last, excuse me, when it comes to Kansas City, last week they covered, right? But the, they, there was a couple calls at the end. They would not have covered, you know, had, had Matheson caught that screen pass, and the, the, the game would have been tied up. So. Look, I don't know how Denver slows them down, but I do know this. With wind, with with the potential of rain, and the fact that the Chiefs are not explosive on offense at all, that it's a problem. It's going to be continue to be. They can't get the ball. The longest pass play against Minnesota last week was 33 yards, and truly Mahomes threw it up. Now, Ross made a great play. Credit to him. But it, but it really was fortunate. He was double covered, and he's the one who came down with the jump ball. And that's a couple weeks in a row now, too, where we've seen that from Kansas City, which reminds me, um, if anybody missed some of our earlier segment talking through who the teams are that could be true Super Bowl winners in 2023, Michael has an article out right now on vcin.com. Uh, and there's a lot of great content, I feel like, every single day on vcin.com, whether it's best bet articles or um, just looking at the betting splits and odds, all really, really interesting stuff. And Michael specifically does two columns a week. So make sure you check that out. Let's keep going through another big spread game against a bad team. The Miami Dolphins, despite losing Devon Achan for right now, we don't know how long it will be. He's getting a second opinion on his injury to see whether or not he'll be placed on the injured reserve list. But Miami laying 13 and a half points against the Carolina Panthers this week, 91% of the handle, 89% of bets on Miami. Yeah, I think it goes to 14. It opened to 10 and a half and immediately went up. I mean, it shot up. I guess the question you have to ask is the same question you have to ask last week when Miami played the Giants. How many points do you think my Carolina can score? How many can they score? They throw the ball better than the Giants. There's no question. But say they can score 20. Can this Panther team hold the, uh, them to 34? I think that's the issue. I think this this spread is more doable to take Carolina than it was to take the Giants. Because at least Carolina, even in that Giant, even in that Lions game, they moved the ball. They turned it over. They got sacked. But they had a semblance of offense in that game. Whereas the Giants, it's hard to see offensive football. Yeah, we, we were joking about it earlier. The Giants are just like an ugly team to watch play the game right now. Speaking of which, huge spread for them against Buffalo. Bills laying 14 and, and betters are taking it to this point. 72% of the handle, 75% of bets willing to lay the two touchdown spread. Yeah, don't don't you think these big spreads are going to come back to haunt all of us? <laughs> well, I mean, how know, many times week, have I, I said it. you don't make a lot of money in the NFL betting double digit spreads and then the Lions and Dolphins both go out and cover last week? I know, but like I wanted to take Miami. I wanted to give Miami out as one of my plays for the weekend, but I just I'm like I don't want I don't like sitting there. <laughs> you know, but then when I'm watching the game, I kept cursing myself. You're an idiot. This is going to be the, and even when it was 14 to 10, 
I knew it was the, the Giants were never covering that number. They were never because co- the one thing about them playing the Dolphins on a double digit spread, they don't try to stop scoring. They do not slow it down. They don't have a four minute offense. Why don't they? Because their offensive line is not good enough. They have to run this scheme to protect their line. And so if they got into a normal offensive formation and tried to run the ball, they lose two yards. But in this scheme, they hide them and they do a great job, which is good for us as betters to bet them because they'll keep trying to score. That game, by the way, is going to be in prime time. Love that for all of us that are going to have to watch it. Uh, Daniel Jones availability. <laughs> Daniel Jones availability we'll, we'll is, T- is TBD, uh, dealing with a little bit of a neck injury. But remember what we talked about last time that the Giants were in prime time. One in 12 straight up for Daniel Jones. The I numbers, the touchdown interception ratio, it is ugly. So maybe just steer clear or stick with the public play here in Buffalo, despite the big number and despite the injuries with their defense. That's what's the most crazy and most telling about this line is that no Matt Milano, no Tredavious White, no Daquan Jones, yeah. and still a two touchdown spread. Michael. It, it, it went to 15 and moved to 14. At least there was some buyback at 15. <laughs> little bit i don't anticipate it being a lot of bit michael awesome show as always i'll see you tomorrow uh if you're watching thank you if you're watching on DraftKings network pablo torre is next and on beeson it's sharp money keep it locked right here at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 